Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghosts Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolk, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England, that's right, New England's own Van Helsing. And with me, all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, where many and many a ship have been lost, is the gold standard in ghost hunting in the land of the Red Dragon, Stephen. Hey, how are you? Good. We got a hell of a show today, I'll tell you that much. We're having an eclipse at the moment. Yeah, whatever. Well, we must be because it's getting dark outside. Really? Maybe they just shut the power off. Uh, maybe. You know? Or maybe or maybe it's just nighttime. That could be too. So so how was how was the eclipse? I don't know. I didn't look at it. What, not at all? No, why should I? Eclipse, a full eclipse happens every 18 months in, in the world. So what's what's the yeah. big freaking deal? Because uh, you almost had a total eclipse over your house, over the love shack. No, we didn't. We didn't even come close to a total eclipse. Oh, and, fair enough. I, and it's all the work of the devil anyway. That's true, which is what the show is about. So that fits right in there. But you know what's it's interesting? Well, yeah, people got all excited about it. But, you know, seriously, I mean, it happens every 18 months somewhere in the world. Well, according to one, according to one of the Christian radio hosts, yep. um, he was he was espousing that it is the work of the devil, mm-hmm. and that um, I can't remember this game. We got Brian Fisher, I think. He's on uh, some radio station somewhere. Somewhere, and, sure. Yeah, and he said that the eclipse is a sign of the work of the Prince of Darkness in obscuring the light of God's truth. Satan is it Santa? And those unwittingly serving as his accomplice by resisting the public acknowledgement of God. And blah, 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 blah. That's all very interesting. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, so, and then he got absolutely skybombed on Twitter as people responded by, welcome to the 21st century, it's the moon passing in front of the sun. <laughs> really? And, well, and, and uh, I, I, I was actually a college professor in uh, uh, New York who wrote a, uh, a paper on how that the eclipse, uh, this eclipse we just had, was totally racist because uh, it passed over predominantly white state states that voted for Trump. So there you go. That's all I can say. Well, the fact that the sun suddenly turned black will piss off the white supremacists, I guess. I don't know, and I don't really give a rat's ass. <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass about the white supremacists. I don't give a rat's ass about Black it Lives Matter. I don't give a rat's ass about anything except the devil, which is what we're talking about right well, now. Well, you see, that's the problem. He is the reason. Whatever. Moving right along, what you mean is the Antichrist, which... No, no, the Antichrist is different than the devil. The devil's the boss. Yeah, but we're going to get into that a little bit later and everything else. 
No, oh, there we go. There we go. It's Trump. Cal. It's Freaking Trump. Cal. Cal it's constantly Sean. calls his show. He, he's it's, looking it's, for his his last. Sean. Nah, it's Sean Spicer looking for a job. <laughs> it's it's uh, Cal. I I can't believe it. I mean, he must. Well, he's, we'll have to have him on the show evidently if he wants to be on that bad. Yeah, just that. Go on, ask him. Put him on. Put him on. Nah, that's all right. Fine or whatever. So, anyways, I'm really excited because in a few weeks you'll be over here across the Atlantic. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll five. be sitting on sitting what, on the porch at the beach. Uh, five is it? Five, six, five. Five and a half. Five, five and a ish. half. Five, five, on th- five at the end ish. of this week. Yeah, five, five ish. Five yeah. and a wee so, bit. So that's that's exciting. Uh, yeah. Haven't seen yeah, you for closer. a year, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. Got the sat nav sorted out. Good. And then uh, you will be at uh, Spirit Quest, of course, uh, this year, which is um, Houdini and Doyle. And uh, you can go to our website, anyghostproject at comcat, no, anyghostproject.com. And you can check out uh, the all of cool, the letter cool, E, Ghost Project. You can check out all the cool things that we'll be doing. <clears throat> anyway. Like what cool things will we be doing? Oh, all kinds, but whatever. Anyways, moving right along, um, we decided to devote the show because of the eclipse and the everything is the work of the devil or Trump. I'm not sure which. Uh, maybe they're the same. I don't know. But anyways, uh, we devoted this to the dark side. And I don't mean Darth Vader. I'm talking about the big guy himself, devil. What's so, that cookies? Devil says cookies. The dark, huh? si- <laughs> the dark side has cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have Sorry. Some more gin. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually, as you said, the devil. The um, yeah, I took too big a mouthful. It went down the wrong way. Then. Uh, 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 that's uh, right. If you remember, uh, <laughs> an almost state with Ryan Bull on. Uh, they he would always be uh, plagued by demons, and he could never say the name. I actually have a book of demons, which lists all the names of all, all the demons. So, Do you know, if you, you can, if you say the name of a demon, if you know the demon's mm-hmm. name, you have power over the demon. That's right. Uh, I mean, that goes right the way into even Harry Potter. That, that illusion. Oh, there you go. There's a good source. <laughs> no, I mean, right through into, you know, even, even the modern day sort of um, storytelling where Lord Voldemort, the representative of the Dark Forces, the Dark Lord himself, whose name should not be mentioned, is an allusion to this idea that if you, in order to gain power um, over a demon, uh, and, and it takes place in the exorcisms as well, you simply have to know its name. And, of course, a great, a great sort of emphasis in, within exorcism is placed upon te- uh, getting the demon to tell the exorcism minister uh, its name. Yeah, I mean so, that's uh, it's yeah, it's all intriguing stuff. I, I was given this book uh, by someone who had passed away. Actually, they left it to me, and uh, so uh, it's interesting, very interesting. All hard bound book, you know, with pages burnt in it or something. No, they're not burnt. <laughs> they might but be. Then, <laughs> they could be if I start reading them. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be yeah, a I, I've got it on my list of things to do right after yeah, uh, yeah. paracoustics and uh, ghostology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of books, I believe yes. you're on the last chapter. 
Yes, we are. We're finishing up Ghost Files for release next year. We're finishing the last chapter up, and uh, then we do the final edits, and it'll be done hopefully before you get here because I'm in deep sugar if I don't. <laughs> so what's it called? The Deathly Hallows? No. The Deathly Hallows. The Ghost Files. So there you go. Oh, well, that's we have a new publisher, so we had to change the name. I have a book right on my shelf in front of me called The Ghost Files. Yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't pick the title. I have, I have two. I uh, didn't pick the title. Ghost Files, The Haunting Truth is one. That's an American book published by Simon mm-hmm. & Schuster. Mm-hmm. And alongside that, The Ghost Files. Mm. There we go. So, At least I picked uh, original titles and made the words up. Well, excuse me, but uh, unfortunately, you didn't, get, <laughs> you didn't get paid for yours. And uh, when a publisher well, pays true. you, that's publisher true. pays you, you take whatever title they give you. So yeah, you see, I I go with the integrity. And, oh, fine, good for you. Yeah, money isn't money isn't everything. That's why you have no hair. And I have I have some. <laughs> who, would be best, who who would be in the paranormal if it was if if, if they were doing it for money? Oh no! Wait, uh, Zach, Zach, uh, Jason. Um. <laughs> anyway, can we get back to the devil? Sorry, yeah. Okay, so uh, you were. I gave you an assignment to do. Have you Have you done your assignment? Uh, all done. Okay, so do you have a story about the devil you can convey well, to us? Well, the assignment was to find something similar to uh, the devil who played cards, which was the theme. No, no, I said find stories, stories, plural, but similar to that one, yes. Yeah, well, for those that don't know, there are two stories from Ireland, uh, which we spoke about uh, about a year ago in relation to last year's Spirit Quest, which looked at the devil, angels Mm -hmm. and demons. And the devil um, in Southeast Ireland, uh, there are a number of stories, one related to the Hellfire Club and um, the Hellfire uh, Club uh, Club and uh, Hill, which is just located just outside Dublin, where during a thunderstorm, the devil is said to have appeared and played cards with people until they glanced beneath the table after dropping a card and noticed a cloven foot. And the story with... with, um, very few changes is repeated on the southeast coast at Hookhead, um, where the devil played cards at Loftus Hall, and a young lady who'd fallen in love with this handsome man was um, having to drop one of her cards too and glanced under the table, noticed the cloven hoof. I guess and it's a hint, devil, don't drop your cards. Yeah, and the devil shot through the ceiling um, in a. Uh, a rage of fire and brimstone. So, and, and you can still see that hole in the ceiling, right? You, you can. Um, you can see the hole in the ceiling. You can still see the big beams and rafters on the other side. So the devil was very selective how he went through. Yeah. And it's, if you remember Michael Benson explaining that the building then had an extra floor or didn't have the extra floor it's got now. So, ah. Ah. so anyway, uh, <clears throat> after being given my assignment, I discovered that because I thought, well, I haven't heard any of the devil play card stories except one other that comes from Scotland. Mm-hmm. And this dates to, this relates to Scotland's most haunted building, Glam's Castle. Why yes. do people say most haunted? Glam's Castle. It's always most haunted. It is, isn't it? And mm-hmm. the Earl Patty, who was, uh, let me just say, he was 
not a well-liked gentleman whose vice was gambling and he would frequently shock his neighbours by playing cards and dice on Sunday and ignoring the class structure. That's not good, huh? Not good at all. Um, I'm starting to smell sulfur here. I think I'm going to take my Bible out and put it on my uh, I, I, I would, I would, I would. Yeah, okay, there you go. It's a, it's a nice Bible, too. It's got a nice uh, hand crocheted cover on it my mother made, so there you go. One stormy night, Earl Patty was pacing up and down in the hall because the prevailing respect for the sanctity of Sundays, it had not, he had not been able to raise a hunting party, and so he, he had become bored. He ordered instead a deck of cards and looked about for someone to join him in a game. The ladies of the castle were at the church at the evening Sunday service, and the servants were keeping out of sight for, thing, for fear of being forced to profane the Sabbath by playing cards with the Earl. Yeah. When the Earl tried to bully a the castle priest into taking the hand of cards. He received, he received a sermon in reply. The Earl declared that he would be happy to play with the devil himself and retired to a chamber in an old tower. Before long, a voice demanded if he still wanted to play cards. And when the Earl said that he certainly did, a dark stranger wrapped in a black cloak limped into view and picked up the cards. If the Earl felt apprehensive, he gave nothing away. His addiction to gambling overcame him as the two concentrated on their cards and roared at the hands they dealt each other. At length, luck began to favour the stranger, who finally suggested a stake so high that the Earl... and turnover that the Earl... next... had to admit he could not match it with cash, but added that if he lost, he would sign any bond the stranger might draw up. The cards were dealt, and the Earl, maddened by his poor luck scrawled his name on a piece of paper that the winner produced without bothering to study its content. When he lay dying five years later, the enormity of what he'd done must have struck him when the dark stranger reappeared to enforce a contract which required him to surrender his soul. That's not good. For long afterwards, terrifying sounds, the echoes of that satanic card game, have troubled the inhabitants of Glam's castle. Finally, the door of the chamber which had been, in which the card game had been played was sealed and the passage leading to it blocked by a wall of stone. And it's one of the legends that is associated to the sealed room at Glam's Castle. I believe there's another one in England and I, in, uh, I think it was in my uh, book, uh, Ghost of Day, and I believe the, the fellow we had on the show, I got it from, was uh, Haunted... Britain and, or something like that and it was about a uh, I think it was, was it a an archbishop I believe it was a Yes, castle. the devil and the bishop Yes, do you remember <clears> that one? The legend connected with, this is connected to Exeter Cathedral and tells yep. how the devil, yes, that's it. The devil unintentionally inspired its construction, which he did in many churches around Great Britain actually in 1275, Bishop Walter Bronscombe was crossing the desolate country between Stoughton and Widdicombe after visiting some remote parishes on the moors. Weary and hungry from the journey, he said to his chaplain, If Satan were to appear to me now, as he did to our Lord in the wilderness, offering bread and cheese, I doubt I, doubt I would have the fortitude to refuse. To make such a mark, even in a jocular manner, was ill-judged, as the bishop soon found out. Within a minute or two, the two men were approached by a peasant carrying a basket of food, he halted in front of the bishop and said respectfully, 
I'll share my meal with you, master, if you'll get down from your horse and salute me. The bishop felt that agreeing to such a simple request from an obvious simpleton seemed a small price to pay for the meal and prepared to dismount. At that moment, his chaplain saw that instead of the foot, the stranger had a a cloven hoof and shouted a warning. The bishop responded by making the sign of the cross, at which the devil vanished and the food he had been offering fell as stones upon the ground, upon which the site of Exeter Cathedral was later built. Is that the story? I know, isn't that cool? There you go. Yeah, and there's another one too, I believe, that uh, uh, a coach is seen going off the coast. Is that on the coast? Uh, well, that could be the Devil's Leap. That's in Wales. And, and there's a coach that takes the man with the and the devils with them. And the, oh, there, uh, there, there are literally uh, dozens of stories. There's the Devil's footsteps, uh, footprints, which have appeared um, across, you know, in lines of the snow, um, mm-hmm. straddling the countryside for in excess of tens of miles. The the one you refer to, the Devil's Leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is in North, which is in Mid Wales. There's the devil marks which appear on the body. There's all Matt Devil's towers and weddings and stones and he, literally any. You see, back in the Middle Ages, when, when men were much more superstitious than they are now, and um, they they would describe natural phenomena that they didn't understand to the work of the devil. Uh, for example, meteorites. Uh, for the longest time, you know, obviously these things would fall from the sky periodically, and reliable people would report them falling from the sky. Uh, the church's and science's view is that well, there's no stones up there, so clearly stones can't fall from the sky. So it was either the work of the, of God or the work of the devil, depending upon your outlook or depending on what um, who you'd approached. Because the church knew that they probably hadn't done it, so they blamed, they would blame the devil. And these things became known as thunderstones or elf shot or a whole raft of other names and were associated with either good fortune or misfortune. And people would, mm-hmm. would, would carry them. Um, and again, depending on their fortune, they would carry them as uh, talismans of good fortune or to ward off evil, evil, or even to use them in uh, creating evil and projecting evil spells. Mm-hmm. And you know that's it, it, it's so funny, but the devil has showed up so much, often in so many different places and has so much of his own mysticism around him. For instance, six six six, the mark of the devil, and we we hear that all the time, but you know, do we really know where it came from? So uh, I did some little research, and this uh, says the lo- most reliable information on the subject is linked. Between the devil and another six six comes from the Bible, um, and basically uh, the Book of Revelations. The New Testament saved its most creepy stuff for the final act, in which Satan rises to the power and destroys the world, only to have Christ come back and pulverize him at the last second. In chapter thirteen, there you go, chapter thirteen of the book, we learn an integral part of Satan's power grab is sending an emissary to Earth who will force its inhabitants to worship the devil. The chapter goes on to say that all those who pledge allegiance to this emissary will wear his mark on his hand or forehead. 
and uh, R.L. Scripps being shut out from the new evil utopia. Uh, finally, uh, at verse 18, we get this tibet, depending on the translation. Wisdom is needed here. One who understands can calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number that stands for a person. His number is 666. Thus, the number of both the devil and the Antichrist is revealed to be 666. I always like my son, he had on his lunchbox, 667, neighbor of the devil. <laughs> neighbor of the beast. That's right, neighbor of the beast. Of course, Alistair Crowley famously uh, referred to himself as 777. Oh, really? That was one. I was uh, while, while you were doing that, I was just thought, oh, uh, I, I quickly typed in because I, I I wasn't given any preparation for six six six. So I looked at I I like the Wikipedia entry six six six. Now Wikipedia, of course, is famous for being you know so yeah. accurate. Well, in this instance, it is because it says six hundred and sixty six is the natural number following six hundred and sixty five and the one preceding six hundred and sixty seven. Oh, that's dead on. <laughs> I'm, I am simply amazed. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I am simply amazed. It then talks about the number of the beasts in the book of Revelation. But for the first opening line, I like that. The natural number between 665 and 667. I mean, somebody really put their thinking on thinking cap on that one, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. But anyways, uh, we're going to look at some other things as well. I know we're coming up to the break, so I don't want to start this and until after the break but uh anyways <laughs> do you have something you got to fill in that we got to last few minutes before we hit the break with that and come back with the uh, uh well i mean i you caught me a bit on the hop there i was, I was changing books for after the break because you said oh, that's okay. that i glanced up at the clock and realized that yeah it's the number of animals that are associated with the devil of course because you you we talked about devil dogs Yeah, that's interesting too isn't it devil dogs um mm-hmm. But you also have calves, particularly here in Wales. Um, mm-hmm. We have a great many uh, of these black uh, black calves um, that are described very similarly to the devil dogs. You know, they're black. They have glowing red eyes. Right. Uh, and they're always called the... the uh, in fact, the story is, is almost um, identical to the dogs in that these calves or bulls will rush at people and perform. It, it's it's almost like the Welsh have, have adopted... The, the the calf or the bull in in place of the dog that the English seem to prefer and hmm. is represented by the black shuck and in fact it's also represented in a lot of uh, English speaking uh, countries like like America of course you also have the the black shuck mm-hmm. but the devil you know he, he's appeared Which in, actually in, be one of my talks talks at Spirit Quest. Yeah, the devil has appeared in many forms. Um, the medieval representation of the devil um, was to show him uh, variously as a dragon, a goat, a wolf, a cat, a half-human form, or interestingly, an owl. Now, I have a pendant. Um, it's a reproduction of one from the 14th century, and it, it was uh, the badge of St. John the Exorcist. And it, it portrays the saint holding a staff, and atop this staff, is a winged owl, a bit like Hedwig, going back to Harry Potter, a bit like um, the owl from Harry Potter. But the owl there signifies the devil, and uh, you know the the, really? the devil being cast out by the exorcist. So in that respect, the owl was being used to represent the devil. So that's interesting. Uh, Saint John the Exorcist. He's not one of the well-known ones, but 
this is one of those um, when people went on pilgrimage, they would collect a small uh, amulet or token from the place that they'd visited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit like the Catholic Church today, you know, except today they're covered in glitter and made of plastic. Um, <laughs> but this was this was a reproduction of a medieval pewter-led um, badge that the pilgrims would purchase, and it was mm-hmm. saint with a staff with an it literally looks like an owl up a stick, because that's what it is. Owl on a stick? An owl on a stick, but the owl represents the devil, and the stick represents the fact that the owl has been tamed or captured, so he's been exorcised by the saints and John the Exorcist. Hmm. Yeah, you talk about forms of the devil. Uh, have you ever heard of devil monkeys? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. So... Uh... So anyways, uh, some of these uh, strange creatures have been seen. They're called devil's monkeys. Take an adult kangaroo, stick a monkey or baboon head on its top, and you've got yourself a devil's monkey. By most accounts, these creatures can uh, cover hundreds of feet in just a few quick hops. They're nothing to be tangled with either, although the devil monkeys have traditionally stuck to attacking livestock and the occasional family pet. Some reports have them attempting to claw the way into the home of people. Originally spotted in Virginia in the 1950s, origi- uh, devil monkeys have been uh, spotted across the United States. See, most people don't know that. On a related note, in May 2001, the residents of New Delhi, India, were sent into a panic when a four-foot-tall half-monkey, half-human creature attack them as they slept. Mm-hmm. So the devil's monkey. We, our, our local amuse, um, animal park has those. They're called wallabies. <laughs> Are they really? <laughs> they look just like little monkey's heads. Are they really? Yeah, I would say I, so. I have to go on About the four foot uh, inter- high. internet now and take a look and see what a yeah. wallaby looks like. I always yeah. wanted a wallaby. No, wallabies it, are cute. Do you know we have what we have a native population of wallabies here in the UK now, um, in in the county of Derbyshire, um, and this goes back to the sort of nineteenth, early twentieth century when people used to collect these exotic pets, and um, several of these wallabies made a bid for freedom, presumably by jumping over the fence and hopping away, and um, they established a native breeding stock of, of their own and and have made home in Derbyshire. That's nice. So we have native wallabies in the UK. That's so so special. One of those strange things. Have they captured them, actually, any of them? No, 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 no. They're, it's in, they're, they're, they've gone rogue. So they've just been spotted, so... Uh, well, they're, they're, um, they're not just spotted. I mean, they're well-known and well-documented. Um, well, that's what know. I'm trying to find out. Who, who documented that? Was, I was uh, that well, that's, that's or is it regular. just another urban legend, like, you no, know, the alligator no. down the sewer? No, absolutely no urban legend with the dot of Fisher Wallabies. Uh, they're All right. and well known. Well, so there's the tune, so we have to take a break. And when we come back, we're actually going to listen in on hell and see what's going on down there while we're. Oh, that recording? Yeah, on the air. So uh, you listen to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick, and we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet and Perex. See ya! Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world.
very disturbing indeed. loud wasn't it yeah that old potato yeah old potato i first heard that that's on the bishop, big, yeah. bishop I, long show many many years ago and yeah, uh, yeah that's a yeah. well-known hoax that's been well, kicking around since no yeah i know since 19, 1995 it has and and if you go to do uh wikipedia you hear the story of the hole that was drilled in Siberia and all that crap but uh, like everything freaking on the internet, mm-hmm. once you put it out there, you know people accept it as real and not real, and uh, whatever. Is is the primary source of this ever been discovered? You ask. Well, yeah. I mean, eventually there was uh, somebody did actually do some work on the recording, um, and wasn't it found to be a film soundtrack that they've looped around? Yeah. They believed it was the uh, soundtrack from Baron Delight, 1932. But, I mean, yeah, but believe. Not, not not that withstanding. Not that withstanding. Yeah. I have, I, I, you and I have probably encountered that particular um, uh, recording on countless occasions. I've heard it played on on a number of radio shows. I've seen it presented mm-hmm. on television shows on YouTube. It appears, it pops up periodically on Facebook and other social media as well yeah. as proof of the existence of hell. Um, what's interesting, perhaps, is is not that you're going to need air defenders in hell. I mean, we expect it's going to be an unpleasant place. You know, we've seen, we've all seen the pictures and we've all read the stories of Dante yeah, when he popped yeah, down. Yeah, worse than it was under Obama. Uh, but yeah, it's this idea that people, right so, along. <laughs> people so willingly believe that they fall into line with. The only evidence is that somebody said that this is a recording of hell that the Russians dropped a microphone down a big hole on the Kola Peninsula and and started to record for no good reason that anybody can think of because obviously, you know, you drill a hole 15 kilometres down and then you, you are obviously going to lower a microphone down because it's the first thing you would think about doing. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and then, oh my God, we've recorded hell. And then we'll, we'll play it on the local radio stations and everybody, you know, a lot of people fell in line with that. And it's been, it's been doing the rounds for 20 years. And there are still countless, countless people 
who are ready to fall into line with the myth. And it doesn't matter how many times you know others come along and explain that the story has got more holes in it than the Swiss cheese, and that every time somebody tries to trace back to the original sources, it just fizzles out like a damp firework. But that's that's a two-edged sword. Now they can't find out the original hoax on this either. Well, so, if it, if it was you know, if you it, can't find the original source, that are always well, a little bit of doubt. Well, it doesn't, does it? Because yes, one it of the, does. That's one your of the opinion. Re- one of the researchers actually went and spoke to the mining engine, the mining company, the Russian yes. mining engineers. Yes, and said, I, I realize that. Did you ever put a microphone down a hole and make a recording? And the Russians went, no. Yet, yet, yet. We never did it. Yet. So they would want to be persecuted and sent to Siberia. Oh well, there we are then. They were already in Siberia. Yeah, but then they. Oh no, they were. It was on the coal. It was on the Kola Peninsula, wasn't it? Where they yeah. were, they, they were obviously mining for Pepsi. They were Pepsi yeah, engineers absolutely. mining yeah, Pepsi Cola down on the Cola uh, down on. But it's but intriguing stuff, though, with the internet. It's, faci- it's fascinating how these things take a life of their own, um, and people. So, like with the, um, as we started with part one, with this idea that the, the there are people who believe the Earth is flat, and there are people who believe that the eclipse yesterday that took place, which could be predicted to the to the second. Um, is the work of Santa, sorry, Satan. That was the, yeah, Santa is... You don't give he, up he, on that, do you? No. <laughs> I, I always get that um, dyslexic devil worshipper. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, head on. Um, they, 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 they lack the critical thinking to say, well, you know, hang on a minute, I'm just going to have a look at this and track back to the sources and see if, if it stacks up. But then again, As if you go on the internet and click on Wikipedia, it's well, not Wikipedia, like you're doing yeah. anything at all. Well, that's but. the first port of call. But one thing Wikipedia does do that that you know you can use. I mean, Wikipedia. We're not saying I I, I won't say that Wikipedia is bad. It's not perfect because it can be it can be right edited. It's close to being perfect. But it does. It, you know, if you do use Wikipedia, and I I use it periodically, it does give you. Um, Things like the references and further reading, so you you can at least get some road signs for directions to follow. That's true. So in that respect, then Wikipedia it will always be the place the the place that most people will first go, mm-hmm. and the fact that if they then follow the signposts that Wikipedia gives and dig deeper, uh, then then they might find some some greater information and That's better true. content. So, I, you know, Wikipedia has its uses. I guess. Anyways, there are actually uh, several gates to hell that evidently uh, exist. Isn't the and one on the Groom Lake Road just outside Area 51? Uh, probably. Anyways, the uh, Plutonian at the uh, Heropolis, that's the ancient city of Heropolis, uh, near modern, god dash, Paka Tukale, Turkey. Let's say Turkey. Uh, it is considered a sacred place to the uh, god Pluto, god of the dead. And although the site was rediscovered in 1965, uh, it is uh, a holy spot and for its famous hot springs, which probably is why they believe uh, it's one of the gates to, to uh, hell. Pilgrims would travel from all over the classical world to make sacrifices to Pluto Animals led into the cave would drop dead. Hmm. I guess it was a talk to fumes. 
So, the anyways, neo- the neo pagans also believe sim- a similar account of Yellowstone um, out in North America. Really? That, that it represents. I, I was actually I, uh, reading an account a few weeks ago um, by a leading American neo pagan who said that uh, Yellowstone and its caldera and the planned you know, eruption is God cleansing, uh, you know, it will be a representation of God's power blasting uh, hell apart because Yellowstone is a direct gateway into the caldera, the caldera being being hell itself. So there we are. Yeah, and the other, of course, is, uh, there are several of these. This is Fengdu, China. Uh, it's a 2,000-year-old city called the City of Ghosts. Uh, and uh, it's supposedly the the gateway to hell too. The legend says in the Han Dynasty, two imperial offices, Wang Pang Ping yeah. and Ying <laughs> Chang Shing, uh, who why do I always get these? For I don't court know. Why do you always choose the ones with the foreign names? I don't know. <laughs> he, they they forsook uh, court life and uh, practiced Taoism. In Findu, that's the city, and became a model. Their names combined. Oh, wait a minute. Their names combined. <laughs> Here we go again. Oh my God! Their names combined sounded like King of Hell. So Ming Shang, the hill that overlooks Findu, became known as the abode of Tai Zainin, the King of Hell. So there you go. It has it's both Buddhist, horrible. Buddhist, and Tao uh, things. So the. All right, but there are others. Don't give away. Uh, there are more. There's well, the... Yeah, I mean, Go ahead. I, well, Go it's ahead. Not, I... not really surprising that uh, that um, hell would need a lot of gateways because mm. you know, there's a lot of people need to access it. Uh, I'm not going to go. To... Yeah, I'm not going to go through them all. But there's there's oh. also the Seven Gates of Hell, uh, which is in Pennsylvania, by the way. There's, and... a, there's a handful in the UK as well. Yeah, Masia Volcano uh, in Nicaragua. Uh, I'm not going to go into the deep thing. You can check this out. Lattice Curtis, it's a, a Roman place. Uh, you can check that out if you want. Uh, St. Patrick's Purgatory. How about yeah. that one? Cool. you know that one? Uh, where is it? Uh, one of the legends is that Irish St. Patrick, so I believe it's I, in, uh, evolves in Station Island, a speck of Ireland. Oh, my God. Long Durg. What the frick is that? Island's Long Durg. <laughs> it's a burial chamber, I think. Oh, just shoot me, please. According <laughs> to the legends, uh, after Patrick became frustrated with his doubting followers, uh, Christ appeared to him and guided him to a cave on Station Island. Inside the cave was a pit, which was the gateway to purgatory, where the souls of the dead must endure their punishments uh, for their sins before entering heaven. While the well, Patrick also Patrick received visions of torments from hell. Uh, from the 12th century on, Station Island has attracted Catholic pilgrims who look to sit close to purgatory. In 1632, the Lord's Justice of Islands ordered the cave closed, and most of the records of the pilgrimage uh, prior to that year was destroyed. Well, that's there just unfortunate. That's anyway, not- I, I, I want to just come back to... Um, Something oh, I said before don't. the break, I want to make sure that the, uh, the information is correct. It was, it was a colony that got out in the 1940s during the Second World War. Um, these escaped in, in 1940, and they come from the private menagerie 
of a local landowner and colonial adventurer, one Henry Brocklehurst. Uh, his five animals initially flourished in the wild, and the little-known colony expanded in number to about 50 until a vicious winter storm in early 1963 obliterated some of them. The remainder clung on, and um, they were by 2009, they were thought to be in danger, these wallabies. Oh, the poor wallabies. But by 1913, a fresh survey had been done in the Peak District National Park of Derbyshire, and there they all were, contentedly hopping around, munching heather, and sporadically breeding. Oh, that's so nice. So the little wallabies are all safe and well up in Derbyshire. We'll have to get Dylan out. Dylan could pop up and have a look, because he's up that way. Oh, uh, good, good. Maybe he can bring us back one. Bring it live on the show, and we can interview it. Yeah, we could we could send Dylan on a mission to um, yeah. interview with a wallaby. Hmm. One of my favorite gates of hell was uh, Huska Castle in Czechoslovakia. Do you know that one? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool. That's that's one of my bucket list places. If I had to pick up one place to haunt, that would be one of my top. Uh, it, it's it's got the bottomless hole that King Ottomar the Second of Bohemia. Uh, offered a pardon to any condemned prince who who would consent to be lowered into the pit and uh, report what they saw. The first prisoner lasted only a few seconds before he began screaming. When they pulled him back off the story goes, his hair had turned white as snow, and it seemed he had aged 30 years. He babbled incoherently about half-human creatures who flapped about in that darkness with grotesque winds. The castle was built... Uh, by by uh, Octocar the second Otters and supposedly the hell hole uh, to build a there's a chapel right above it by the way to keep hell in its place so that's one of my favorite ones there's, there's several others on, on there as well I wonder if that but was that's... inspiration for Ghostbusters 2016 where they fall into the portal at the end and they come out with glowing white hair really you know, play. You know that um, playing any form of games is is quite uh, dangerous. Really, uh, I know, did even, not know that. Even you know, quite mundane games like solitaire. Um, really? Yeah, according to some of the uh, religious um, uh, radicals, uh, particularly the North American ones, uh, there is a website that gives you information about games that you should not play, such as solitaire. Um. It's actually demonic, and begin, if you play this game, you will be tempted to learn about the uh, about the loneliness and desolation of of life, and begin a downward spiral of isolation, obsession, card counting, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Gets worse because if you play Flappy Bird or Angry Bird, <laughs> you become uh, it's a, subser- a subversive existential commentary on the supposed meaningless of meaninglessness of life. And uh, others included Minecraft. That's also the work of the devil. Monopoly. <clears throat> Monopoly is a tool of evil. It's a heartless game. Well, in all fairness, um, there's so many versions of Monopoly. They have Star Trek, Monopoly, uh, England, Trump. They probably have a devil's one anyway. Um, I haven't found that one yet. Yeah. Uh, Crossy Road. Um, Pong. Remember the old arcade game, Pong? Oh, yeah, I have that. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, there you go. It's the work of the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's uh, in its original form as an arcade game. You couldn't play Pong alone; it was a two-player game. So at least it has it, that to its credit over Solitaire. However, Pong Thank is God. on record of, as being one of the very first games used by the serpent to convince entire generations that staring at a video screen was preferable to going outside and getting some exercise. Yeah, I, I believe that. You know what? I really believe that. You know that. <laughs> Anyway, let's have a look. Oh, sorry, I'm just gonna, about the author. Um, apparently, yes. the author's been playing video games since before she can play, read. She likes kittens, cats, uh, knitting. And, is that Haley? And, and uh, actually, and anime characters. She occasionally, no, can't be. She, this one only occasionally tweets. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, join go. us. Joy, that's pretty interesting. But John asked about Devil's Gate in Wyoming. That's uh, yes, another one, John. You're absolutely right. There's another one. My favorite, Skull uh, South Dakota. Uh, it's uh, isn't there? It's, isn't sorry yes. on, on Wyoming? I saw I saw John mention that. Uh, yeah. With with regard to Wyoming, isn't that the site of the ET movie Devil yeah. uh, Devil's yeah. Tower in Wyoming? Yep, Uf UFOs. Yep. Yeah, uh, the devil. I don't know the story of the Devil's Tower. I assume that it's related to the Devil's Gate uh, yep. and the and the Devil out in Wyoming. And um, yeah, but I, I seem to re- remember that in ET it was centered around the Devil's Tower, which is a landmark in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Unless they've moved uh, it. You know what's kind of interesting too is is there's actually a, a hierarchy of uh, demons and devils. Oh, absolutely, there is. And and I, I I didn't know that, but according to this, they also have like, if well for instance they're opposed by certain angels. So uh, let me show you. This is the first hierarchy. These are some of their their uh, their names. This is Lathias, and he is believed to be the prince of Serpent, who tempts human into heresy. He is opposed by Saint Peter. So Leviathan opposed by Saint Peter. Then there's Ahmad. Oh my God, Asmodeus. Asmodeus. The, yeah, the demon is considered to tempt people for wantonness, and he is posed by uh, Baptist Saint John. Uh, oh my God, Astaroth. 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 He is the demon to be the Prince of Thrones, the Game of Thrones. There you go. Who tempts humans with laziness? I know this guy, and he is opposed by Saint Bartholomew. Bartholomew, and Bereth is a class of demons considered to be the prince of cherublum, who attempts people with quarrelsome to commit murder. He is posed by St. Bottomus. Oh, we had a Bottomus one time. Uh, I'm not going to go... Too, well, let me, i got four more. I'll just put them and give them out. I was Grezzo, say, I'm glad about that because there are, according to the um, some, some guy in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. he lists that there are 1,758,000,000 64, 640,176 demons in the world. That could be, but these are like the top of them. Uh, Grizel, he's the demon that considered to be the third prince of thrones, who tempts humans with impurity, and he is opposed by St. Bernard. There's only two more. No, three. Yeah, two more, I guess. Uh, V-E-R-R-I-N-E. It's a category of demons that tempts people with impatience, is opposed from well, patience, really. Uh, Saint Dominic and Sonalan is a demon believed to be fourth prince of thrones who tempts men with hatred. He is opposed by Saint Stephen. 
So that's just the first hierarchy. There's a whole second hierarchy and a third hierarchy and who knows how many more hierarchies. So there you go. I was starting to pray to the devil, the demon Sira then, because he can control time so it can appear, appear to pass more rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, we got a, a message. What was our message? Uh, okay, all right. So that's good to know with the time. So this is all interesting, intriguing stuff, you know, because we, we, we throw the name the devil about and all these demons, because certainly there's a demon on every TV show about ghost hunting that you, you see. Well, with uh, 1,760,000 million, uh, million they, uh, there's plenty to go around. I mean, the ghost hunting, yeah, yeah. you've got several more series in there at least, haven't you? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's no waiting. Yeah. Yep. And, so, and yeah. a few, you know, you can get a few more hauntings in America. And um... yeah. Yeah, Zach, Zach can take out a couple, and then Ryan Poe can take be, out a couple. And got to be room in the museum for a few more, hasn't there? Yeah. And uh, I, I believe that uh, Karen O'Keefe is killing demons, oh. isn't he? And not killing demons. He's, he's no. providing the skeptical voice of reason to a celebrity ghost hunting program, which goes on air later this month. Oh, uh, I'll have to have someone from that show on the show. Well, you, you, there are some celebrities because nobody's ever heard of them. But the uh, it's the t- we've actually had them already. It's the two lads who were on on the Ghost Chasers. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember them? And yeah, um, yeah, they've teamed up. Ag- they've teamed up again once again with Ian Lawman. Um, ah, good old Ian. I'm, I'm glad Ian's working. You know, <laughs> to to. Um, produce a celebrity special because you know you've got to give it more credibility if you have a celebrity special and uh, they found some celebrities um, mm-hmm. and uh, dr kieran o'keefe was overlooked a little bit in the in the initial promotion for the program oh that's sad until he managed to uh, get a retweet uh, and say that he was pleased to be taking part as the skeptical voice of reason which intrigued me somewhat because when the two boys were on the show explaining their role in ghost chasers um, they, they Which took great pains, me, by the way. Yeah, it, they took great pains to explain that they were there as the skeptical voices of reason, and that uh, the use of telephone, uh, smartphone, ghost hunting apps. That now they absolutely denied that they were that they, um, yeah, that they said that um, that was forced upon them by the producers. I wonder if the ghost apps will reappear in the celebrity series. Intriguing, a very intriguing thought yeah. there. But we have our own celebrity ghost show that just came out, and that's called, called of course, the uh, Ra, uh, the Low Files, which is oh. Rob Lowe and his two sons. It seems to be go- even Haley seemed to quite like that one. Oh, seriously? Mm-hmm. Oh no, no. I actually mm-hmm. watched the first one, and I was apparently one of the um, the, uh, low, the, low, the little lows is uh, quite skeptical. Uh, no. Not that well, skeptical. I'll tell you well, that much. Well, he's not going to get paid if he's that skeptical, is he? Yeah, you know, and, and you know, they did have a shaman <laughs> on there that, that, of course, they found, as we all have it, in every haunting we have in America, we have an Indian burial ground, and so they found that was the result of uh, this all this problem. So their little shaman went out there and uh, did some something, and then it wasn't good enough, so, of course, he had to do... Another blessing because Rome. So I don't know. Whatever. They didn't get a little tiny woman, little tiny round woman to come and do it, did they? Ah, uh, no, not this time. 
No. But funny you talk about this Native American burial ground and this idea that it's so so closely allied with hauntings. I know we've only got a minute to go. Because only a few days ago, I was reading an account by a local paranormal team. Oh, I thought you were going to find one in the in, in, in the, the U- in the UK who determined that um, no beneath way. the particular property that they were investigating was buried a Native American. Oh, just shoot me. I think they've been reading Pocahontas. Did they import them over? Or, you know, they brought well, we did, the we did, because, I mean, you know, the, the, obviously the story of Pocahontas is the true story. She, right, she, right. Uh, and I think they got the two of them somewhat mixed up with Pocahontas and, um, yeah. Uh, but no, so the Native American burials are spreading. Uh, All right, so, so we, we want her back. Who? We're going to sue for our, okay. our Native American. Uh, we'll trade you for the two British we have at uh, the old man's. I can keep them. They, they were probably German anyway. <laughs> Hessians? Yeah. Actually, not, in, in, my home, in my hometown of Dracut, we have a monument to uh, General Pulaski, Polish will, general, yeah, who fought the, the American war against that you. That won't be there long. But only today, <laughs> here, in the UK, here in the UK, there was actually talk of pulling down the statue uh, Nelson's column. Ah, there you go. Anyways, there's the tunes. we got to go. We want to thank you so much for having, joining us in this devilish no, show of you, ours. If you, if you want to pull down the statue to Ron and me... Um, the, please do. Please do. Yeah. All right, so till next week, when we're actually going to have a guest, I believe. Uh, yeah, we All right, we'll, be, uh, we'll see you then. Good night. God bless. Ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law. (laughs) 